me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree. That's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Crabtree, don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you're going to shut it for you real quick. L.O.B. Sunday Surefire Podcast. I'm your host this week, Aaron Downtown Brown, but I got the man Weaver with me. Aaron Downtown Brown, how are we doing? We're doing, man. Hey, it's uh, just you and me this week, Ethan. Um, we got the commish. He's in the lab. We kind of joke about this year after year after year. He's got to got to give him a week off, kind of get his last minute, you know, crunch his last minute stats. And uh, uh, he's working on his uh, top 200 players this week. So with that, you know, kind of with that being said, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to look back. You know, this is going to be the last episode of season two. And uh, it occurred to me, hey, you know what? We actually missed our 100th episode. This is actually episode 108. So we were in the weeds, you know, all, all off season, crunching our stats. And, uh, you know, we took the the road trip around the country. But in doing so, we actually missed missed our hundredth uh, episode. So I am excited to share that with you uh, today, Ethan. How, how are you feeling? No, I'm feeling good about it. I mean, I'm glad to be uh, part of the team. I know I haven't been here for obviously all hundred episodes. I've been here over the last a uh, uh, couple months or so. But um, great to be part of the Sunday uh, Surefire team, and I'm uh, looking for another uh, hundred episodes uh, going forward. There we go. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So. As I said, we don't have the commission with us tonight recording, but you will hear from him a little bit later as we get on. He did uh, do us a favor and uh, gave a, gave us a little bit of a, a couple-minute recording on a couple guys he wanted to talk about, so we'll get that played and share our thoughts after that. Um, I think we have a pretty fun agenda today. Um, you know, As we were talking about what we wanted to do this week, last episode of Season 2 before Week 1 of football, um, we decided we want to do a flag planning episode. Okay. So what that means for all the listeners, this is, you know, we've kind of looked at all, analyzed all of our players and we're kind of getting to the end here where we really want to kind of put our foots down and, and stick to a couple of players that we really think are going to um, outperform their ADPs or average draft position. And we uh, we're confident in that, right. For various reasons. Um, and we'll, we'll go ahead and do that. I'll, I have two to share. Ethan, I have two. And like I said, uh, Kamish will as well. Um, but kind of before we get into our flag planners, um, I would like to kind of just cover, you know, this is kind of an interesting time of year too, right before season starts. We have some cuts, um, cuts on teams. You know, a couple of players we were watching is like dynasty stashes that might not make the roster. So definitely, you know, obviously we're not going to go through all the cuts over the the last week from our, our last recording, but stay, you know, stay, keep, uh, you know, as dynasty managers, keep, uh, keep track of those couple notable ones. Like, uh, I, I know we were talking about the Vikings situation and Malik Davis was just, uh, also cut there. So that Dallas running back room is kind of getting more sh- shirt up now, or maybe more cloudy who, who knows. Right. But, um, so definitely stay in tune with, uh, a, a little bit of activity before, before the season starts, uh, but kind of like the biggest news that the whole fantasy community was uh, looking out for was uh, the whole situation with Jonathan Taylor. 
Um, Ethan, what what do you think about this news where, you know, we were kind of getting our hopes up or just at the edge of our seats here the last uh, week, week and a half here, and, you know, in, teams interested in, uh, in a uh, JT trade. Uh, come to find out, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. He's going to start the season on um, on the pup list. He's going to miss the four, first four games of the year. So, what? first of all, before we dive in, what, what are your thoughts on the whole uh, JT situation? It's unfortunate. It's really going to uh, hurt his ADP, obviously, in redraft, missing him for the first four weeks. And then after that, who knows uh, what's going to happen with him going forward. I do think he's going to at least play, uh, I believe it's 10-game minimum to have this season count towards uh, his contractual obligations. But um, I think JT on the Colts would have been perfectly fine this year for fantasy if obviously everything was all well and good in uh, JT land. But unfortunately, obviously, he's a little disgruntled. So it would have been nice to see him on the move to go to a team that clearly wanted uh, his services and were probably willing to pay him because obviously they know with JT, unless they were just trading uh, for him for basically to go all in, like maybe if it was at the Philadelphia Eagles and the Miami Dolphins or, or, or a, a team that's like ready, ready to compete. And maybe they're going to go all in one year and then, and then they're not going to give uh, JT the bag, but just uh, yeah, a, a little, a little unfortunate that we're going to miss JT for the first four games. And it really makes uh, his situation a little scary in redraft. I agree. I agree. I definitely, if you had, you know, high shares of JT, you know, hopefully you had a, you know, a pr- pretty nice uh, insurance picks later on that you, you might be able to um, get by. Or if some of you uh, handcuff fans out there have like Deion Jackson, or you, you've listened to our recent shows and or commissions, uh, Evan Hall uh, call out to that, you know, hopefully you have some of those shares. Evan Hall is doing uh, better uh as a stash candidate than my Dwayne McBride uh stash uh candidate as he just got cut which you alluded to earlier um uh, as uh, he was cut from the Vikings which makes that obviously running back room very uh very thin and then uh, you mentioned like guys like Malik Davis and I I just thought it was kind of funny that the Patriots they essentially cut their entire QB room with uh Bailey Zappi and Trace McSorley and then they cut their entire running back room with cutting JJ Taylor trading Pierre strong, cutting Kevin Harris and cutting Ty Montgomery. So it looks like it's just Ramondre Stevenson and uh, Zeke right now. I'm sure they're going to bring somebody else in, but it's been, uh, it's been interesting to see these, uh, all these running back cuts. Agreed. Agreed. And I mean, I, I'm sure you as a Patriots fan, you'll, you'll definitely keep tabs of what they're doing over there. But uh, as we were saying, you know, a lot of those players can end back up on the practice squad, but yep. um, uh, also other teams can, can sign them too. Uh, as well so we'll see uh you know a couple of these guys coming out of college you know look great but we never you know sometimes we don't know behind the scenes where are they really catching on to the playbook or blocking schemes and stuff like that too you know so um you know who who knows with some of these cuts but doesn't necessarily mean the whole their whole careers are over but definitely not a good sign as you know year one they're getting cut but I guess, you know, with that being said, um, you know, just quickly touching on JT. Yeah, it's kind of a shame he doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't get to fa- face the uh, Jaguars. I think Houston is in there, too. So I know uh, it's kind of mouth-watering matchups for some fantasy 
owners were JT. So uh, you you get them, you know, you get a couple of them later on in the season, and hopefully, you know, hopefully he's roar, roaring to go then. But um, yeah, definitely uh, keep tabs on that and and see how the the season progresses with with the Colts and you know our, our boy uh, A Rich. So we called out a couple different times, and I think you'll hear a little bit more um, how his, his season will go without his star running back too. So. Um, so definitely see there, but, uh, I guess with all, you know, kind of touching on the, the big, big notes there over, uh, news, we'll jump right into flag planning. Right. So I, I mentioned these are, these are players we're pretty comfortable in, uh, kind of our last minute. Hey, uh, this is our last minute advice. These are guys that we actually really like to outperform our, uh, their, their draft positions. If you still got redrafts, um, or if you, um, you know, may, may be looking to maybe trade some players or something like that. Um, we're, we're going to call some of these guys out. So Ethan, how about you take it away with the first, uh, flag plant today? Yeah, I'm going to plant my flag with David Montgomery running back Detroit lions. I, I've talked about David Montgomery on, on this show a few times and I just think his uh, current ADP of 76, RB31, is kind of insane at this point. Uh, Jamal Williams, who obviously was on the team last year, was RB13, uh, led the league uh, in rushing touchdowns, and is, in my opinion, half the running back Dave Montgomery is. The Lions were fifth in scoring last year. They were third in rushing touchdowns with 23, and they were third in overall yards. The... Uh, Lions could have easily brought back Jamal Williams and that organization was like, no, I want to bring in Dave Montgomery. And they paid him three years, $18 million, 11 million of the 18 is guaranteed, which is actually the 13th most guaranteed money in the league, according to uh Spotrack for uh, the running back position. So they, they gave Dave Montgomery some, uh, some decent money. And as I said, they, they, that's the guy they chose. And, and he signed a pretty, a pretty nice contract uh, to go, to go to the lions. But um, I just think the Bears situation was obviously pretty ugly last year. Not a very high-scoring offense. Justin Fields obviously took a ton of upside away from any running back in that uh, backfield. And uh, he was still uh, RB23 and half-point PPR in a pretty down year for David Montgomery. I I'm just very surprised that he's going RB31. I think this guy is going to be a locked in top 15 running back this year, which uh, could be a little hot takey, but I'm just uh, pretty confident in that, in that offense. And Dave Montgomery is a complete three down back. Unlike Jamal Williams, who is basically just an in between the tackles grinder. And obviously he capitalized by scoring a ton of touchdowns. I just think Dave Montgomery is going to actually play on third downs and, and get in some passing down situations. Unlike Jamal Williams. I know obviously Jameer Gibbs was just drafted there. Uh, they were basically listed as co-starters. I think they're going to use David Montgomery a ton in this offense. And I'm very, very excited to see what he's going to do this year. And he's a guy I want on all my, uh, all my redraft teams. Yeah. I like that call out. Um, you know, I think I found, you know, I mentioned that, uh, you know, commission is working on his top 200 players. I, I took a stab at uh, pointing out um, my own positions this year, too. And kind of just I, I really wanted to kind of see what, you know, some of my takes were against fantasy pros rankings. Um, I think he's, you know, fantasy pros, 31, 31st running back. I, too, have him um, ahead of um, ahead of that. I have him at 24, not so much 15, but I do think that, you know, the Lions, uh, they kind of showed they they want to punch the ball in, right? I mean, I, I know we know 
St. Brown is going to get his target share, but you know, with TJ Hawkinson out, you know, how many red zone targets do they truly have? And I think it just goes to show once they get down inside the five, they're really looking to run. So that was, as you said, um, Jamal Williams last year. Uh, and I think Montgomery is a better back. So definitely a good call out there. He should be able to um, punch in a lot of scores this year. Um, not, not to say he's going to get 17, uh, as Williams. Oh, he's getting more year. than that. <laughs> he might be getting more. All right. There you go. There you go. Like you said, a little hot takey. Definitely <laughs> love the hot takes on, on this pod. So, um, like the call out, um, with Montgomery, I'm going to also go with running back here and also going to go with the personal favorite I've had, um, on the show and, uh, a couple leagues that I, I've had as well. And that's, uh, that's my boy, James Cook. So um, I know we've kind of been back and forth on uh, on our boy James um, over in Buffalo. Um, he's he's also going so he's going fantasy pros thirty first running back according to their running back rankings, uh, current rankings. I uh, I'm gonna say where I where I think I uh, he'll end up a little bit for uh, later, um, but I'm actually gonna start with a, a stat from last year that that I think is interesting here. So. Um, last year, only six running backs saw 70% snap share. Okay. Ethan, <laughs> six running backs. So as we know, it's a, uh, you know, committee approach and, you know, kind of last of the dying bring is that breed is that third down back, um, out of those, um, six, how many, how many of them were top 15 backs last year out of those six backs? I'll just go ahead and give you this, uh, statistics. So out of all six, all of them were top 15 backs, right? So yep, kind of makes sense, right? So it's saying if you're playing downs, you're probably going to be scoring fantasy points in the yeah, league, volume, right? Hey, volume, volume is king, right? Volume is key, right? So, and then as we say, you know, kind of last of the, the three down back, I think as we, you know, looked at James Cook this year, we, we were wondering, is he going to get, you know, is he going to just be a three down back, uh, a third down back, or is he going to be a three down back, right? So, Cool thing about preseason is um, with the starters, he actually did have, uh, you name it, 70% uh, snap percentage with the snar- starters in preseason this year, right? So um, as, you know, as we know, you, you know, you can't take everything by, you know, book by its cover in, in preseason, but it is a pretty cool indicator, right, to see what is uh, the normal reps that some of these guys are getting out with the starting team. And then when the starters are out, they're out, right? So that's even with uh, Damian Harris in the mix as well. So um, I find that uh, pretty interesting to see. Is that kind of alluding to James Cook as their their guy in the backfield, right? So I love that because he can catch the ball um, out of the back backfield, as we said in, uh, in the past. Um, he led the NFL in explosive uh, rate uh, last, last season. And you can draft this guy in round six, as I mentioned. So I think he... He can potentially be a breakout running back this year, an absolute steal um, in, in your fantasy drafts. And I, I really think he's going to definitely outperform that um, um, that ADP is getting drafted at, at and certainly higher than um, than running back 31. So uh, are you ready? Drum roll. I, I think he's going to be a top 15 back as well. And my ranking says he's actually going to hit uh, 14. So that is my take here with mr james cook ethan what do you think 
James Cook was actually uh, one of my uh, sell candidates earlier uh, this offseason. So I don't think he's necessarily going to be a top 15 back. Right now, RB15 is Aaron Jones. Uh, I would rather have Aaron Jones. RB16 is Kenneth Walker. Obviously, I'm, I'm big on uh, Zach Charbonnet, so I'm not exactly sure how much he's going to eat in the, in the Walker's workload. But I do think Walker... Um, is probably going to have a better year than James Cook. But I do I do see the upside in James Cook, obviously in a very good offense. If he does get a significant bump in his snap share, I can definitely see him uh, making some noise. You mentioned uh, backs with 70% um, snap shares, and they're all top 15 running backs. And as we said, volume is king. But James Cook only had a 24.4% snapshare last year which ranked number 76 amongst the position so obviously that's going to go up i just think it's tough for a sub 200 pound back to be a quote-unquote workhorse and i don't think they're going to use him at the goal line I, I don't think you bring in damian harris and latavius murray to not use them at the goal line but as you did say i'm uh, james cook was very efficient when he when he did get opportunities, he uh, had five point seven seven yards per carry. Um, he had a uh, a pretty good breakaway run rate run rate, and um, he uh, like I said, he did a lot when he did have the ball. But unfortunately, he only had a six percent target share. Josh Allen didn't really look to him too much when he uh, wanted to check the ball down, and I'm just not sure if James Cook can handle getting 15 plus carries a game. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with James Cook. I definitely see the upside in that, in that offense. Uh, I just think uh, it's going to be an uphill uh, climb to uh, get to uh, RB 15 plus territory. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, as we said, um, you know, backs that do have that volume and they can catch the ball and uh and get that yak you know that's kind of you know we're kind of looking for the next Kamara I know you <laughs> I know your history with uh Alvin Kamara and how much you uh used to love having him on your team and just that cheat code it is for your fantasy yeah definitely I got guys like Kamara they're I mean he was so efficient as a rookie and so efficient early in his career that he didn't need a lot of touches to be a top five running back and James Cook the thing is, James Cook just isn't Alvin Kamara because Alvin Kamara is 215 pounds. I mean, he can handle handle a work a, a, a workload that I don't think James Cook can. But as I said, he was crazy efficient last year. He was um, it was number three in yards per touch with 6.3. As I mentioned, he was great with his breakaway run rate of 12.1%, uh, which is actually number one. Uh, his true yards per carry was 5.3. As I said, it, that excludes runs over 10 yards. He was number two. So he he does – the advanced analytics say that when James Cook gets the ball, he's very good with it. But usually when you see an uptick in opportunity, usually your efficiency goes down. And as I said, he had a very small snap share last year. If you, if he, if you double that, his snap share from last year, I mean, you're looking at basically 48%. And if you double a snap share, is that going to really hurt his efficiency? Uh, I'm not sure. So time will tell, but I, 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 I do see the upside, but um, it's, uh, I don't know, those smaller backs usually don't um, take on those uh, every, every down workhorse roles. 
Gotcha, gotcha. We'll definitely see. But um, who do you want to who who do you want to call out for your second guy here? I I think if uh, the listeners had to guess who I'm who I'm gonna say, I think they'd have a pretty good idea. I'm going to talk about my guy Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I've talked about him a lot on this show. I I think he's in for a breakout season. He had good chemistry with Brock Purdy down the stretch. In the last five games with Purdy, Ayuk ranked 11th in yards per route run. He had a 71% catch rate and um, a 25% target share uh, through those five games. And then if you include uh, all eight games, which would include the playoffs, he had a uh, 23% uh, target share, which actually led all pass catchers. And um, through those first five games, he only trailed uh, George Kittle with tar target share. Uh, Kittle had a 26% target share, and as I said, Ayuk had 25. So Ayuk obviously was uh, heavily targeted by Brock Purdy, um, and he was WR15 last year, and his ADP right now is 65, and that's why I received a 26. So I think if you're getting him at that price, I, I don't see any world where he doesn't smash that. I, I think... Brandon Ayuk is is poised for a breakout. His target separation was number three out of all wide receivers at two point three one. The the guy just has, I just think he he just has it. He I mean every time, uh he he has the ball ball in his hands he make he make he makes good plays. Very good after the catch, and uh, I'm just very excited to see a full seventeen game workload with Brock Purdy at the helm. And uh, I think there's uh, big things in store for uh, my guy, Brandon Ayuk. What do you think? Yeah, Brandon Ayuk is a guy, you know, I know we've we've definitely talked him up uh, a lot of different times. I know you and Kamish have liked him. I've liked him in my past, too. I think I've always said, like, I want him just so I can trade him because I know how much uh, <laughs> all of you guys like him as well. Um, you know, I do think with Purdy at the helm, I do think the ball could be more evenly uh, distributed more to um, kind of what we see around the league. Um, you know, I think what in the past, what had me worry is, um, you know, if Trey Lance was ever going to have that role, um, I think the the options are more limited where, um, you know, it might be Debo as a first look, check down a CMC or run the ball. Right. And then kind of IO gets forgotten. But I think with Purdy being kind of more of a pocket passer, I do think, um, those looks get more evenly spread out. Ayuk does have to compete a little bit with uh, Kettle that, you know, Kettle does get a lot of looks in the red zone. Um, I know he, he was up there in the league with uh, leading with um, red zone target percentage. Um, so definitely a lot of weapons in San Francisco. So, um, you know I, know, I know we've talked about that as who, who kind of outperforms who I, I think Debo, um, is kind of due for a bounce back year too. But I think, you know, that San Francisco team is just really good. So I think, you know, I think in fantasy, usually what wins is if you got pieces with um on, on teams that that are good and they win the game. If they win, uh usually they win for a reason. That's because they're they're usually scoring, right? So um I don't think it's a bad call out. Um but obviously as always is my call it as call out is they have uh Kind of just embarrassment of riches over there. They're kind of turning into in the rushing and receiving game. So, any comments on that before I go to my next guy? Yeah, I agree that they they do have a lot of there is a lot of target competition, uh, and in San Francisco, I know last year obviously McCaffrey wasn't there all 
all year. And Debo, Debo was hurt. Uh, and due to that, Ayuk actually led the team in catches, targets, and receiving yards. And uh, I mean, obviously, Ayuk went over a thousand yards last year, which which was great for him. And I, I just see him building on this. I I think the chemistry that he did, the chemistry and rapport that he did build with Purdy, I think is going to uh, um, transition into this year. And Ayuk had a very very tough start to last year. Uh, Shanahan. Um, was talking about Ayuk during camp and they just said in the beginning of last year, he just didn't have the consistent consistency of a starting receiver and he had to work through that. And he eventually proved himself uh, throughout the year and he ended up, he ended the year very strong. And uh, they basically said he picked up right where he, right where he uh, left off from last year. And he's had a, a good of camp as anyone. And he's been a, a huge leader on, on the San Francisco 49ers team. So uh, I, I do, I do expect a jump in uh, year four. Um, and like, as I said, I, I, I expect big things, but I do understand the hesitation by some due to the uh, target competition that you alluded to. Yeah. I mean, a call out there is like, even if he replicates last year, you know, going over a thousand yards is not, I mean, that's still a milestone that a lot of us look for. So even if he has the exact stats as last year, um, you know, it, it's still a successful season. Obviously, we, we want those top 10 finishes. But, um, yeah, I mean, he definitely is as a ascending player. Um, yeah, could it be that, you know, they did have the injuries. You know, Debo uh, was injured. You know, Kittle has his kind of yearly <laughs> injuries as well. So, like, he was kind of forced to step up. And, you know, it, it would just be nice to see him just be that that continual leader not just that you know that that situational one right so this is kind of his year to see like is he kind of you know we a lot of fantasy managers put a lot of faith in t higgins and jamar chase every year you know will that be a debo Ayuk thing you know definitely with you you know having kettle on and in cmc we'll, we'll definitely see what that shanahan offense will do um but kind of enough with Ayuk there uh, like i said good call out um my next guy is a guy I found myself having a lot of shares on, in, right? So um, I found myself taking a stab at this guy even uh, higher than what draft position I was at. Uh, that's just because I think, one, he's a safe player, and I think he's going to outperform uh, where he's get drafting at, right? So that's why I'm going to bring this guy up. And that's, uh, that's Amari Cooper. Okay, so um, Amari is wide receiver 18, according to Fantasy Pros. Uh, you can get him in round four in your fantasy drafts. Um, he was uh, he was actually wide receiver number nine last year in half point PPR, and that um, that is without a uh, Watson all year. That was with uh, Kobe Brissett at the helm, right? So obviously Amari Cooper does get um, uh, a – you know, a full season of Watson. Um, but, you know, kind of before I get into that, um, he is going behind Calvin Ridley, uh, Debo, Samuel as a, you know, another piece from that San Francisco offense too. And I think what I, uh, what I keep coming to conclude is in my drafts is like, I'm a, and I, I guess I just bring it up a lot is I like those consistent points. And I think if you're an alpha on your team where, um, yes, they got more that was moved over to, to Cleveland, but, um, you know, besides Cooper and Chubb, like that's, that's really the main weapons over there in Cleveland, like the, the, the elite weapons. Right. So I really like that comparing to Ridley. He's got, you know, uh competition with Christian Kirk, 
Debo, you know, you just brought Ayuk and we could talk about Kittle and CMC. So for me, I usually don't, you know, this year I don't mind taking a stab, um, getting guys, um, getting a guy behind those players in Amari Cooper. Um, and it, you know, that to me that I, I like going with that safe option sometimes, um, in those early rounds of who I can get those consistent points from. Um, and then I did mention, uh, Dijon Watson, um, you know, kind of looking at going back as we know how he started his career 2017 to 2020. Um, he did, uh, he did give us four straight, um, top wide receiver, um, seven, I'm sorry, uh, top seven wide receiver seasons, right? Having um, Hopkins and then uh, the year where my boy Will Fuller got uh, suspended. If you kind of look at his uh, his statistics with uh, Brandon Cooks kind of taking up the, the scraps, you know, um, definitely that number one option for Watson has always put up fantasy points. So I really like that with Amari Cooper is still looked at as one of the best um, pure route runners in the league and uh, i think he's i think he's in for another good year so ethan what, what do you think about amari i agree i think amari cooper's in for another good year i know he's entering his age 29 season so people may be a little hesitant that cooper may um start to uh decline and obviously cooper always has he's always been kind of boomer bust but he he had a really good year with deshaun watson last year being uh obviously wide receiver overall number nine half point ppr scoring and i only i only see that um i only see his rapport and obviously chemistry with deshaun watson improving and if if people think that Sean watson's gonna get back to uh some sort of his uh, houston texans form then it it should be wheels up for Amari Cooper, he uh, he had a twenty six point one percent target share last year, which was number sixteen. He had he was number five in air yards. He uh, he had his highest uh, yards per route run um, since two thousand nineteen, and he had like I said a, a very good year with uh, with uh, the first year with Deshaun Watson in, in Cleveland. So I, I I do see him improving. And I, I don't see uh, why um, he's at wide receiver eighteen. I do think he, I do think he's going to beat that. I mean, wide receiver eighteen, that's it's not terrible. Uh, but Cooper, Cooper in the fourth round, I think is a pretty, pretty safe bet. You do have to contest with some weekly volatility, but um, he does have, he does have that upside. He has to compete with Elijah Moore, uh, DPJ, and uh, Cedric Tillman. And I think of of all of those, I, I think he's going to be the clear alpha on that team. Uh, so I think uh, Cooper's in for another good season. All right. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> um, all right. So, you know, kind of, kind of went through our guys here. I didn't mention um, in the intro that we are going to hear from commish. So um, I'm going to go ahead and insert his, uh, his, uh, his guys here. And um We'll give it a listen, and then we'll we'll see what we think here. What is up, Sunday Surefire faithful? It's your boy, the Commish, here to give you two players that I am firmly planting my flag on this season who will lead you to fantasy success in 2023. Number one, we have Mr. Positive TD Regression himself, Deontay Johnson of the Pittsburgh Steelers, currently going off the board, ADP 79 overall, good for WR 33 off the board. As we know, Deontay Johnson caught zero, that's right, zero touchdown passes last season. But here's why that won't happen again in 2023. 
The retention of Matt Canada as offensive coordinator can't be understated as just how big of a win it is for Johnson entering this season. In Canada's two years as offensive coordinator, Johnson is number five overall in the NFL in targets among wide receivers with a whopping 316 flying footballs flying his way between 2021 and 2022. As for what's around him in Pittsburgh, the team didn't add a single wide receiver in the draft or free agency, and their only quote-unquote addition to the wide receiver room was swapping late-round picks for a washed version of Allen Robinson. But let's talk about Johnson's primary competition for targets entering 2023, that of course being George Pickens and tight end Pat Fryermuth. That trio of, sk- of skill players shared the field for 16 games last season. In those games, Johnson saw 2.5 targets more per game than Fryermuth and almost four targets per game more than George Pickens. Everything is pointing to a big-time bounce back for number 18 in black and gold, and I'm buying the dip on Deontay Johnson and saying confidently that he'll finish as a top 15 wide receiver this season. My next player is Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Indianapolis Colts. Coming off the board, ADP 107 overall, good for quarterback 15. No surprise here, as I spent much of the last three months talking, talking about how much fantasy appeal the dual-threat quarterback possesses. While your league mates may be scared to draft a rookie signal caller, you shouldn't be. Being selected outside the top 100 picks as quarterback 15, there's nothing but upside here for Richardson. But let's dive into the player a little bit. Let's start with his college career. If you factor out sacks being counted against his rushing total, which is the manner in which the NFL counts those stats, he ran for 756 rushing yards in 2022 to go along with nine scores on the ground at Florida last season. Also chipping in 17 passing touchdowns in 12 games played as a starter. How's his arm, you ask? Richardson has all the tools to put on an absolute laser show at the next level, as was evident at the NFL Combine, as well as his highlights from his final season in college. Will there be growing pains along the way for Richardson this year as a rookie? Yes, without a doubt. He's a raw prospect that only started one full year in the SEC. But based on his high rushing floor, that's not going to matter for fantasy managers. Still not convinced? Here's an NFL comp for you. Last season, we saw Justin Fields throw for just just over 2,200 yards and 17 touchdowns through the air to go along with 11 interceptions. His team at the NFL level was terrible, finishing with an 11 with a 3 and 14 record on the season and ending up with the number 1 overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. But how was Fields for fantasy? He was a freaking rock star, finishing QB7 overall despite missing 2 weeks and he returned 18 or more fantasy points in 9 of his final 10 games he played to close out the 2022 campaign. And the best part on Richardson Going outside the top 100 picks, like I said, all you're getting is upside with this player. In this range, you could realistically be selecting him as your second quarterback to your team, or if you waited at the position to draft Richardson, you could easily grab a more reliable backup later. And if Averich really doesn't pan out, you could just move on and stream the position like fantasy managers have for decades in the game. In short, Anthony Richardson is just too tantalizing for me to pass up, and I'm confident he finishes as a top 10 scoring quarterback in 2023. And of course, I can't wait to hear what my guys, Aaron Downtown Brown and Ethan Weaver, have to say about all that. All right, all right. So we're back here. Um, you know, just just heard from uh, from Kamish. Like I said, he's he's been in the lab all week, and uh, we heard his guys with uh, Deontay Johnson and uh, Anthony Richardson. So, um, Ethan, what do you think about uh, Kamish's callouts? I like his call out. So I really like the Deontay Johnson call out. We all we all say targets are earned. And if Deontay Johnson is getting as many targets as he is, he's 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 earning them. He's he's doing the requisite work 
uh, to get those. And I think he's in for a, a big year. I think he's definitely going to be a top 15 receiver this year. He's definitely going to have some positive TD uh, regression as uh, the commission pointed out. And at wide receiver 33, I, I just think that's an absolute steal. I think he's going to be the clear alpha in this offense. I know people are excited about George Pickens, but I, I just think Deontay Johnson is the go-to guy for, for Kenny Pickett. So I'm very excited about Deontay Johnson and I'm, I'm kind of very excited about the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. I know it's only preseason, but I feel like every time Kenny Pickett and that starting offense went out there, it was just so efficient. Boom, 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 touchdown. And Kenny Pickett, he's, he's, he's been very impressive in preseason. I know it's only preseason, but I, um, if I was going to do a, a, a pretty bold hot take, I could, I, I would say Kenny Pickett, finishes as a uh, a top a top 12 QB. I know it's not very realistic, but um I mean with his weapons, I mean we all think Deontay Johnson's going to have a good year. George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth is a top 8 tight end. Uh Kevin Harris and Jalen Warren are going to have good years and have a great running game and uh Kenny Pickett's uh, steering the ship. So if everyone if everyone around him is going to have a good year, I would assume Kenny Pickett's going to have have one too. And just watching his ball placement and the and the way he's been le- leading the uh, offense in preseason, if he can continue that in the regular season, I think it's uh, wheels up for that Pittsburgh uh, Steelers offense. And then just to touch quickly on Anthony Richardson, I, I do agree that he uh, has all the upside in the world. I'm not sure if I see him as a top 10 quarterback this year. I know, I know commission is very, very confident in him. I, I know he mentioned in an uh, episode or two ago that he'd take a rich over uh, Tua, Daniel Jones. And I, I'm not sure if I'm there yet, just because I'm, I'm pretty high on Daniel Jones. And, 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 and I think Tua is, uh, has just immense upside with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill uh, on that offense. All he does, ha- he just has to get in the ball and, and, and just watch. And uh, he can have massive weeks doing very little work. But um, I just think with a guy like Anthony Richardson, he's a pretty safe floor. I know, I know we compared him to uh, Justin Fields, who was obviously a top 10 quarterback last year with not a lot of uh, yards passing the football or a lot of passing touchdowns and Justin Fields was a, a fantasy monster. And I definitely think Anthony Richardson kind of can take that playbook and definitely be a top 10 quarterback. I, I just, um, I'm just not sure how ready he is to do that. Justin Fields, I think was much more prepared coming out of Ohio state, just in terms of his experience, actually playing uh, than Anthony Richardson, where Anthony Richardson, I believe, only had 13 starts at Florida. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what he can do. But I'm definitely excited to see uh, live, uh, real game action, and uh, with uh, Anthony Richardson at the helm. Yeah, yeah, d- definitely can't um, disagree there. Um, over just excited to see that guy play, right? So I'm gonna touch real quick on Deontay. I think we're in a uh, lockstep agreement. All three of us um, do like. Deontay this year, especially where you can get them. Um, yeah, targets are key. That's really the indicator I really like looking at. I mean, touchdowns, um, touchdowns you usually can't forecast too well, um, you know, year to year. And especially coming off a year we had zero, right? There's definitely the upside there, as Kamish pointed out. So um, like that call out with Deontay. Um, with Anthony Richardson, it is interesting. You know, I mentioned earlier, I, um, you know, I attempted to point these guys out, just kind of forecast you know how, how i think they're gonna do 
Um, I played around with a couple of Anthony Richardson stats and like, you know, definitely wanted to make sure, you know, I wanted to give him a ceiling with, uh, with rushing. I, I wanted to make sure I, I gave him over a thousand yards rushing, um, and at least six to seven touchdowns. Um, passing is where, you know, that's what we're all interested in too, is like, how well will he, um, doing the, um, you know, passing the ball. I conservatively said he was going to throw 14 touchdowns, kind of putting him in that Daniel Jones range of in the passing game of last year with him only throwing 15. Definitely think um, that is a pretty nice conservative guess on the passing game and then actually throwing sub 3,000 yards. So it is interesting when you throw all those stats and then in there, he is, he that is still on 300 point mark that I call out quite a bit. So it's really if I'm wrong over touchdowns and there's more touchdown upside where he can get more than six uh, touchdowns, that's really where Daniel Jones drive last year. He actually had nine, right? And, uh, you know, with six-point rushing touchdowns, I can really sway, you know, where they end up in the year and, you know, that, those week-to-week stats. So if they if he can if he can score more and score more on the ground, um, definitely can climb up those ranks. But, um, you know, I – you know, last year is interesting. It was um, – one of the actually the lowest scoring uh, years in, in the NFL in the last 12 years. So points were down. And I think we did see that in um, QB points last year. So um, definitely, uh, you know, with all we'll say if all 32 quarterbacks are healthy, I am very interested to see where a rich um, ends up. But um, I am still I still want to what he's got right so if you got a lot of shares on him in dynasty that more power to you but um i i'm i'm, I'm still a little I'm, I'm still a little conservative on the um, in the redraft world with them uh but that's my take there ethan any comments there before we move on yeah with the in the redraft sense i i do agree with the commish where you don't have to take him early enough where you're really hurting your uh, redraft roster and if he does pan out it's an absolute steal so uh i know i've mentioned this a few times on on, on these shows like when I, when lamar jackson came into his sophomore year when he was starting i drafted him late and he was the qb1 and i i won leagues because of that and anthony richardson kind of fits that similar mold where you can get him at qb15 right now outside the top 100 picks and if he does pan out it's i mean you're gonna you're gonna be tough to beat. So I I definitely like I definitely like the uh the upside, and um I think it is very uh very tantalizing. Tantalizing, love it, love to bring that up here in in the late late uh, episode of the season two. I think that's our that's our uh, I think season two was just tantalizing in general. If I had to sum <laughs> sum this year <laughs> for Sunday yes, Surefire, but <laughs> definitely a tantalizing year. Um. Yeah, we we'll definitely will see with, with some of our guys, some of our takes. I think I did hear a little hot take in there with the Ethan. You threw a little Kenny Pickett action our way. Um, do you want do you want to hold to that hot take of uh top twelve QB this year with Kenny? As I said, it is very bold, and if we're just making bold out there hot takes, I'll uh I'll reiterate it. I think I think Kenny Pickett does have a chance to uh, flirt with that that top twelve. And I think he has the weapons to do so. He has the he has rushing upside, and I just was very impressed with him th- thus far in preseason. And uh, I'm actually pretty excited to uh, see see what he um, puts put, puts on tape this year. Just because I have a, I have a share of him in one of my dynasty leagues, I, I 
I drafted him at the the one twelve in one of my rookie rookie drafts, and obviously that year Kenny Pickett was uh was kind of an afterthought sometimes in rookie drafts. People just didn't want him, and I think he's in a good situation. So I would like to see him uh, take a step up. And everything I'm seeing uh, so far, it has been very impressive, and I'm uh, and I'm excited to uh, see what he can do. All right, I like it. I like it. Yeah, hopefully Kenny starts slinging it around, um, slinging it around this year. Definitely want to see more uh, more points scoring, right? So I definitely just want to see more touchdowns, and I think we all like that in fantasy. It makes 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 our matchups more exciting at the least, right? So. Um, I guess I won't stay out of this too. Um, I'll go ahead and throw out a bold hot take. Um, I'm gonna stick with my uh, with actually my uh, my player I brought up earlier with James Cook. I'm I I, I sn- snuck in. I think he's gonna be a uh, running back uh, 14, and I'm gonna stick with that. All right. So I, as I mentioned, he's a uh, running back 31. I think he ends up 14. That's a top 15 running back right there for you. Um, and I, I think to get there, I think he's going to get over 400 receiving yards. Um, and I, um, I statted him out over, um, actually at, at 880 and his, and if we want to throw in a little prop bet, his over rushing yards for the year is, um, is over 675 yard rushing yards. Um, so just having a little fun with this hot take. Definitely going to throw a little money on that and take the over on 675 yards. Um, kind of stick to kind of put my money where my my mouth is there. So that that's going to be my hot take uh, in James Cook there, Ethan. Yeah, bold hot takes are great. Just just don't go back and uh, listen to this after the year when we're completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's going to sound terrible. It, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's where the fun is. That's that's definitely where the fun is. But um. Hey, that kind of wraps up. (laughs) What's that? Said, who wants to be right? (laughs) Right, right. Well, it makes it so much uh, more fun to say "I told you so," which is uh, (laughs) it's actually a good segue into um, opening week, where we're bringing back our daily fantasy show. Where uh, it's funny, we usually start off the start up every episode with uh, "I told you so." So. Uh, I would love to say I told you so at the end of the year and, and throughout the year in daily fantasy using, you know, throwing James Cook in my lineup. Um, but definitely, you know, for some of you listeners who, who who's tuned into us here in season two and in the off season with some of our heavy uh, fantasy content, definitely make sure you, you continue to, to listen to us um, during the season. Uh, we're going to bring back our daily fantasy show where we, we definitely want to keep uh, we want to win everybody money with our advice, right? Where we t- kind of take pride of our, um, I think last year, our cu- cumulative uh, point score is over 130 points between uh, me, Kamish, and Captain Carmen back in the day. So we want to kind of beat that, uh, beat those stats here with, with you, uh, Ethan, with be- being our newcomer to the show. So definitely want to raise the heights there and, and win everybody money. Uh, I'll but do we're, my best. We're all, what, what's that now? I said I'll do my best. <laughs> Definitely, I, I think we, I think we're on to something. We got a, a great formula. How you know how we like to, um, uh, you know, run every show, run every lineup, and uh, kind of take good pride in what what advice we give out week to week. Obviously, we uh, uh, can't win them all, but uh, I think uh, on average, uh, 130 plus points a week is, uh, um, uh, you know, not not too shabby there, but. 
Um, you know, it won't stop at DFS. You know, I think we got a good thing going with our fantasy advice. Um, we'll keep that going. Um, you know, anytime we can get a bonus or a second uh, episode in the week, we'll we'll bring that to you and try to bring all the fantasy advice uh, we can give throughout the season. Um, and then also with that being said, and I was kind of joking with Kamish, uh, working in the lab right now, he's working on that top 200 players. Um, the, the only special thing about that is some of our content now is going to be posted in our new Discord uh, that we created this year. So that's very exciting. Some of our, we want to kind of reward some of our, our private following with a uh, little extra material that we'll only share on discord. So make sure that you're following us on all of our socials and we'll send out that link to kind of join that discord. But um, uh, definitely some nice juicy hot takes we'll throw on there. The top 200s, uh, some of, some of my new position rankings that, that I've been working with that I've kind of, uh, showed on this uh, this episode here, kind of use here here and there, but um, definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, but until next week, Ethan, are you ready for week one? I'm pumped for week one. I mean, we're we're a little over a week away, and and football is going to be real uh, pretty soon here. So couldn't 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 be more excited. That's right, it's going to be real. But until that time, peace. <laughs>